Welcome to the Purple Political Breakdown. Finding solutions, figuring out solutions. You could talk about all these things all you want. You could talk about how bad the country is all you want. But in order for something to get done, one, you have to discuss it. You have to be willing to engage with the conversation like we did here. But two, you have to be an advocate. You have to be a part of your local elections. You have to be part of your um, federal elections, state elections. You have to be a part of your community. You have to be part of the solution at the end of the day in order to make change happen. You can't hope that someone else will do it. Even if you're not the one, the person, the big wig that Rule was talking about that's going to make the the most uh the final push there's always there's steps to this like he said a butterfly effect there's stuff we can all do to kind of make sure that we're putting things in place to ensure that we are proceeding appropriately in the right direction do you want a great website like this this is my podcast website where I direct the audience to come to watch the content, listen to the content, read the blogs, and much, much more. If you want to have your own customizable podcast website, then join my affiliate link in my description to sign up for something called PodPage, and they can help you customize an easy podcast website for your personal podcast. Sign up to get a discount now. Again, use the link in my description to join PodPage now. Are you enjoying today's podcast episode? I really hope you do. And I really hope you enjoy the fact that I have an amazing guest talking with me and having this great discussion. If you, as an individual, personally have your own podcast and maybe you want to have great guests on your podcast as well, well, I got a deal for you. In my description, there is a link to something called Podmatch. Make sure to join that link through my affiliate link so you can sign up to get matched up with other podcast hosts and podcast guests so you make sure you are never missing an episode without a productive guest to have an amazing conversation with. Podmatch is similar to any other kind of matching site for the most part. And it's super easy you, just $6 a month and you can have a guest for each and every podcast episode that is tailored to your specific topic. So again, join the link in my description and join Podmatch now. Welcome back ladies and gentlemen, this is episode number 46 of the Purple Political Breakdown. I'm your host Riddell Lewis and we're back at it with another great discussion, conversation about what is going on in society? We'll see if we can find any solutions. And overall, we'll just learn more about the importance of the deep state question mark. We'll, we'll dive into that in a little bit, of course. And in order to dive into that conversation, I have an excellent guest with me today named uh, Raul. Can you pronounce your name so I'm saying it correctly? Yes, sir. It's uh, Raul Manchanda. Raul Manchanda. So uh, we're going to be talking with Raul here to have this conversation. It should be very interesting, of course. Stay tuned for that. And you can check out all his information, his website. That will be on my website and in the description below. So make sure you do that, of course. Um, I guess before we dive into the nitty-gritty, can you introduce yourself a little bit? Tell them what you're about. Yes, sir. So I've been an attorney for 21 years in Manhattan at 30 Wall Street. Uh, on the street, if you will. Um, and before that, I was sort of involved with politics in the D.C. circuit and New York circuit and also on the international scale and the domestic scale. 
um, sort of grew up and kind of was neck and neck side by side with some of the people today who are, you know, shocking are some of the national security advisors, uh, you know, at this point, you know, uh, playing soccer on the field with some of these guys right from uh, Embry, you know, <laughs> right from being a kid, um, you know, and just sort of seeing it and watching it. We all grew up together and, um, you know, just kind of beard off the course in terms of, you know, couldn't, it's not that I couldn't keep up with them. I just didn't want to keep up with them, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <clears throat> they just uh, seem to have lost their souls and lost their compass on so many levels. Um, or maybe they were never born with those compasses, or maybe they were extracted earlier by their parents who were also on the same kind of track. And it just wasn't attractive to me. I didn't want to be tied to these people. Um, I know a lot of people think of that as success. You know, you meet people and kind of, you know, rise with them. But, uh, you know, I think a lot of the world's problems right now are due to the fact that some of these people have absolutely no moral compass in the absence of, of divine or God. You know, people try to be Luciferian about it. They try to seek light. You know, there's a whole bunch of secret societies seeking light, if you will, which is good. You get tapped, you know, to seek light if you're a light seeker, you know. And I, I won't name the names of the uh, secret societies, but it's all about more light, if you will. And that means uh, more illumination. Um, it, but the problem is, is that you have a lot of people in there that don't have a very good foundation uh, in terms of uh, the important stuff. And I think they tend to do things that are really, really harmful. Uh, you know, uh, homicides, genocides, war, you know, uh, you know, uh, crushing people that are weaker than you for the sake of the almighty dollar, wealth. It just, uh, it's not attractive to me, you know. Uh, it's just, there's so many things that we go off on, but uh, I just didn't want to be tied to the same kinds of people and rather just kind of separated from it. And as the more and more I watched as they progressed, I started collecting notes and seeing here and there, you know, where they were going off course. And also then my punishments or my, the retaliations against me were breaking away. Um, and uh, I started recording those as well. So I guess that's sort of a generic sort of intro. I don't know if that makes any sense at all. No, it definitely makes sense um, when it comes down to it. Uh, society is filled with um, a lot of different types of people. And obviously the people uh, that are in power, especially for America, should be people that has the best interest of the people, the, the people, the citizens um, at stake. They should definitely have their best heart at stake, uh, making sure our society it should be a society for the people at the end of the day. And we know throughout the time, throughout the years, throughout the uh, generations, and maybe even today, that there are individuals with power that are very rich or just have a lot of influence that take advantage of said power, take advantage of the the influence they have and use it for selfish means, um, even though they're supposed to play, put in the situation that they're put in due to um, being someone that's supposed to provide a service for the people at the end of the day. Uh, so people take advantage of the that type of power. And when that happens, obviously, the, the people are the one who's going to suffer from it. So I understand that for sure. Um, I think that is something that we always have to keep in mind, especially as a you know democracy, as we say, of uh, America. Um, we should always be keeping that the powers that are on the top in check as much as we can. But there's a limit to that to an extent. So if people know stuff, they should definitely speak up. Um, I'll also say 
that there are times that I think people go a little too far in terms of have, being so blackpilled when they're shadowing in a huge dark shadow on every institution that exists to the point where people become hopeless. So um, I think there's a there is a nuance to it, um, but the, at the end of the day, there you need to understand that it shouldn't be like a dictatorship or oligarchy or anything like that where people just take advantage of everybody else so that's the important part there so i definitely hear what you're saying um so before we dive into the main topic at hand i like to in, in, uh you know make sure that the audience are aware of a couple of current events that's going on in society if you're not aware already uh, to start off with we have the huge massive hurricane category three that has expected to hit florida if it hasn't hit florida already by the time you're listening to this and that hurricane is supposed to be very devastating so if you're in florida make sure you're on your p's and q's and not just being silly outside while this is happening of course we have the biden administration announcing 10 drugs subject to medicare price negotiations in an effort to lower government spending on prescription medications i'm sure a lot of people are going to be happy to hear this of course the Medicare and the uh, pharmaceutical companies are not going to be happy to do this, of course. Um, but there is a question in terms of how so much people are benefiting off these drugs and how people are becoming so reliant on these drugs as well. We have Google's DeepMind unveils platform to permanently watermark AI-generated images. Mark would be invisible to the human eye but detected by technology. And this is very interesting because from what I'm aware of, a lot of AI technology creates this AI art based off, you know, cross-referencing art that currently exists on the Internet. But now there's going to be a watermark connected to this type of art on the Internet as well. So it makes me question the legitimacy of this type of art going forward. And of course, we have X slash Twitter who will be officially allowing campaign advertising. So in the coming months next year i'm curious to see how much x slash twitter will be filled with uh political advertisement and campaigning and to the people who are using the platform it'll be very curious to see how that well, how that works moving forward um do you have anything to say about um any of this or do you have any news you want to share as well no i i, I agree with you on that i think that also there's a lot of things going on internationally you know, right now, France is being kicked out of Africa. You know, the whole nine yards. Colonialism is coming to an end over there, which is a very good thing. It's uh, the end of, of sort of a, a very, very terrible era, if you will, um, in the sense that, you know, autonomy in the multipolar world is, is, uh, is sort of now emerging with the BRICS Bank, uh, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. And uh, they're in competition directly with the IMF, World Bank. And, uh, you know, Coke and Pepsi, you know, you need competition, McDonald's and Burger King for loans and, and project finance. And that's a good thing. I think that, um, you know, the, uh, the, the other blocks out there are <clears throat> they're offering a different alternative rather than having to sell off their natural resources when they can't pay back their loans. There's an alternative. So the China Belt and uh, uh, Belt and Roadway, you know, the, the alternative with Russia and South Africa and Brazil and the other countries are sort of, you know, introducing a post-colonial 
banking world, um, which may or may not be a good thing. It's not really that good for the American dollar, but for the globe and for the people, mostly uh, you know brown and black uh, people, it's it's actually a very good thing in the sense of being oppressed and repressed under colonialism. Me, me being Indian American, for example, having a lot of familiarity with the British, the British Empire, for example, and what they did. Uh, India used to be one of the richest countries in the world. It was the richest, uh, you know, but they were emptied of that within about 100 to 200, 300 years, you know. So it's a little bit of a karmic situation and things are flipping back and maybe getting back into equilibrium a little bit, you know. So these are some pretty big things going on in Gabon right now and Niger and things of that nature. So that's that's something happening in the world right now. Yeah, that's a very interesting perspective when you when you indicate the the competition that may arise from the uh, BRICS alliance, especially since they are trying to recruit more countries into their fold. Um, and it's something I considered uh, um, when it comes down to their their presence on the global stage. I'm I'm just although I agree with the concept of uh, competition being healthy. Um, I'm just unsure as of right now if this specific competition will be the betterment of the of the globe because if uh, based off potential international tensions and obviously American and Western uh, ideology and philosophy in terms of how they run their society is much more much different from the the Brooks countries of course so I'm I'm. I'm still thinking about it, whether how I lean overall, I'm American. So I'm going to be pro-American at the end of the day, because I do believe our philosophy is the better one. But we'll we'll see how things unfold as uh, everything moves forward, because at the end of the day, a lot of the things that America has been doing recently, especially has not been popular on the global stage. So I think we definitely need to look in the mirror based on how we're handling our recent um fold of issues and how we present ourselves as a nation and see if we're kind of prevent uh, presenting ourselves as the role models that we say that we are for the rest of the world. So uh, I think I that's very I important agree. to I know. I think it's a very good point that you make, but the problem is that the, the United States right now is really, really kind of overrun by the oligarchy and the plutocracy to the point where the, it's getting worse. Um, the only ones that will keep us in check, and look, the founding fathers believed in, you know, the legislator, the legislative, the executive and the judiciary. But we've gotten to the point where all three of them have now been purchased uh, by the oligarchs and plutocrats who are actually not even Americans. They're international. So they both got a piece. So I think it's now going to take a global balance of power with the founding fathers. I just think that the oligarchy has seized, the plutocracy has seized the United States to the point where it's hijacked the country. And I don't know if they can sort of keeping uh, the oligarchy on their toes rather than, you know, America, you know, that kind of thing. All right. So I uh, definitely hear what you're saying. So let's dive into that a little bit more. Can you explain what you mean by the oligarchy? Sure. So I mean, I mean the class of individuals that have literally, uh, you know, exceeded the boundaries of the United States. They're no longer citizens of America. They may hold passports, uh, but they no longer, you know, are Americans in the sense that they have homes in different countries all around the world. They intermingle and merge with other oligarchs from other countries all around the world. 
a party of politicians and judges and legislatures like peanuts here and there all around the world, and they laugh at the masses. They don't really think of themselves as Americans or as Chinese. I mean, you got like a guy like uh, Jack Ma of Alibaba, who's a Chinese communist, who probably has more in common with uh, uh, Bezos of Amazon. Uh, they, they both are in the same online marketing business. Uh, and one is from an American country, one is from a, a communist country. Or you've got the heads of uh, TikTok and the heads of Google, uh, Sergey Brin, uh, Larry Page probably have more in common with the heads of TikTok, things of that nature. You know, uh, the Saudis, for example, are buying huge chunks of Twitter, and Elon Musk is going over to Communist China to have lunch a couple of weeks ago. So, in my in my um, opinion, and what I've seen happen is that the the global oligarchy is now merging with global communism to form a global detention camp on the masses in a lot of ways. So they're realizing that they have more in common with each other than they do with with basic general Americans or basic, uh, you know, general Chinese or uh, Arabs or whatever the case may be. They have more. The oligarchs and the plutocrats have more in common with each other than they do with their countries and their country's philosophies. Uh, and that's a very scary prospect, especially when they when they team up and merge with the governments that they come in from. And I think they've sort of veered towards top down control i.e. communism. I think it's a more, it's a more uh, uh, convenient way of regulating and, and controlling the masses when you can uh, just sort of become part of the government. And, you know, we're seeing things like controlling speech. The First Amendment has been undermined by these big tech companies, big media companies, the culling of humanity with big pharmaceutical, uh, you know. So, a big big business in America, for example, has been able to skirt the Constitution, the First Amendment, the Fourth Amendment, the Fifth Amendment, Sixth Amendment, in terms of surveillance or freedom of speech. And, and it's no surprise to find guys like, you know, uh, Jack Baker of the FBI uh, working for Twitter, you know, who used to, you know, and then sort of uh, helping uh, Vijaya Gade, for example, of Twitter, you know, cancel people out who are speaking in a way that, you know, that may or may not be controversial. So you're seeing an intermingling of government and private business, huge private business, hitherto, uh, you know, never before seen. And I think that we're it's, the world's getting smaller and smaller, and it's very, very scary because I think people are getting canceled. Their, their voices are getting canceled. People aren't, aren't able to speak their minds, and, and, uh, and uh, the world is getting smaller, and their freedoms are getting abrogated and, re and, and removed day by day. And that, that's a scary prospect. All right, all right. Um, before we dive into that deeper, Paul, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Sorry for being late. The uh, power went out. Oh, then don't you live in Florida? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Oh, so you're dealing with the hurricane. Okay. Pretty much. Yeah, it's over now, but uh, we just had a line go down again because someone hit it. So they were fixing it earlier. Damn, that's crazy. That's crazy. Um, yeah, no worries, man. <laughs> I literally was talking about the hurricane a little bit earlier. Uh, but yeah, Paul, this is a rule. Rule. This is my co-host, Paul. Um, so, you know, we're uh, diving into the conversation at the uh, talking about the uh, oligarchs that uh, Raul is referring to in terms of, um, for the most part, 
sounds like the the one percent or the less than one percent that we all know about that has ex uh, extreme control in terms of the overall wealth especially in america and i mean i've always been a critic of the you know one percent less than one percent we know that a lot as of right now the big issue with uh, society that i think is bigger than you know most of the issues that we complain about is the middle class getting shorter the poor class getting a uh, poor and the rich getting richer obviously and we have to constantly keep in mind or keep in check uh, of these individuals who have so much money so much wealth so much power in uh american society now with that said we got to keep that in mind but the the question in terms of how much their influence really extends like we know I feel like we do know that they do and can get away with a lot of very, very shady stuff. But the at the point where you start uh, indicating that their control extends to the point where they're completely controlling the American government, at that point, you're reaching another level of concern that will completely indicate that our system has fallen in a very well as you said it's a type of communist system at that point so rule can you explain what you mean by how these oligarchs are controlling or turning our american system into a communist system well you know the the, the entire uh thesis of communism is is that it's the end result of luciferianism in the sense that you know it's an atheistic philosophy uh abandoning of god that, that we should be ruled by our quote-unquote betters the betters of humanity, of society, the most educated, the most wealthy, the, you know, that kind of thing. But, you know, the problem with that philosophy is that at the end of the day, they, these guys don't really have a lot of tolerance for civil rights, civil liberties, human rights. And it's already happened in the United States. I mean, you know, the, the arbitration clause, for example, has now replaced the court. You know, when it, whenever you take a job, you have to sign an arbitration agreement. Or if you take a credit card or sign into a bank, in a bank account, you've got to sign an arbitration clause. You can, you know, you're waving away your rights to go to court of law to fight for your civil liberties under the Constitution. You're saying basically you're going to go into a room of three guys or one person, usually paid for by the moneyed party, and and have your rights hammered out. So, all sorts of criminal activities are taking place because of money power. So slowly but surely, our civil liberties and our constitutional rights are being abrogated. They're being removed. Uh, and it's happening like a boiling frog approach to the point where, um, you know, it's, it's, really, it's really A to B. Also, communism tests itself on the minorities first of the population, the ones that, you know, the masses don't really care about. So the pain is inflicted on the one that people don't really care about. So, for example, child support laws in this country in the 60s and 70s, jailing people for missing a payment or two even if they meant to pay, but they lost their job or they lost their arms or legs without a jury trial. You know, this, this happened with the poor minorities, you know, first. It happened for decades and decades. The jails were full of people who couldn't pay child support or lost their jobs, but nobody cared because white America didn't really care about those people. Now that it's kind of entered mainstream in the, in the statutory case law for 40 to 50 years, you know, white America's like, how the hell did this happen? How did I miss a payment? or two or three are having arrears, and now I can go to prison without a court, without a judge. You know, this is a total, totally un-American thing. Uh, so same with, like, terrorism. Terrorists are even worse because nobody has any sympathy for terrorists. 
So if you're branded a terrorist, you know, the, that human experimentation of, of, of what they did to that, these people, charging them, holding them without holding them without charges for years and years, physical abuse, you know, these are things that are unconstitutional, but nobody cared about them. You, you, you follow? So when things get normalized, or even human experimentation, uh, you know, uh, scientific experimentation in, in, the, in Nazi Germany, people just didn't care about the children and the people that had their heads cut open or their bodies cut open so that these, you know, these sociopath doctors could open up their, you know, bodies and look at and, and see how they would react to pressure or extreme cold or, you know, you know, different kind of medicines, things of that nature. But the science was, was taken and it was then put into textbooks and medical books and we don't really know how it got there. So the point is, is that, uh, you know, the oligarchs and the plutocrats tend to use uh, human beings, especially the ones that are the most unfortunate in their societies as the guinea pigs uh, for their social experimentation uh, and, and human experimentation. And that's happened in almost every country in the world. Um, and the deep state has been in every country in the world. And now they're just sort of merging uh, with the flyby generation. Like we just talked about, like guys like Jack Ma and Jeff Bezos, you know, one from communist China, one from America, are have more in common than, than they have differences. Uh, so, you know, I, I, it's just seeing that also the judiciary, the court system, and how things are preordained. You know, if you come in and you're from a moneyed company and you're going against some some you know Davy and Goliath situation, even if he's correct on the law, they will put somebody in there as a judge who's been bought and paid for, uh, who will absolutely just crush your human rights. And if and you're lucky if they just crush them. Sometimes they'll mock you in public, they'll embarrass you, they'll make you famous. So it's really it's becoming um, it's slowly becoming well communism is 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 there, but then it moves into monarchy. Uh, at the end of the day. So I think we're in the communist age where the Soviet we're Union is falling down right and now. the United States is now replacing it. Uh, we've lost our faith in God and Russian Federation has now been destroyed. And now they're finding the Russian Orthodox Christian Church going back to basics. And that's about human morality. So we've switched places with, this, with the Russians a little bit here. And uh, we're all about sex and money and rock and roll and drugs and promiscuity. Abortion is... 65, 75 million babies in this country have been murdered. Now they're talking about nine-month uh, babies getting killed, transgenderism on children. I mean, it's just it, there's no, nothing sacred at all. And uh, this is, um, you know, there's a lot of parallels between uh, the Soviet Union, which was a bunch of Luciferian Freemasons, high-level Masons, who, uh, you know, 33rd degree, who really just felt they were gods. Deus mim quijus, God according to my rights, an order of cow. So it's, you know, the end result is uh, devastation, to be honest with you. And uh, we need spirituality. We need God. We need morals. Um, and we need something to live for. And we need humanity. We need dignity and civil liberties and civil rights. And I feel like in the United States right now, that's coming to an end very, very quickly. What systems ensure the protections of civil rights and civil liberties? Like, what, what, what do you need for those things uh, to survive? Like, like, how do you protect those things? It's a great, great question. Uh, I think that, you know, it's not a Democrat thing or a Republican thing. 
um, they're both guilty of it. But for example, uh, the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, or the antitrust division of the Department of Justice really, really needs to go after these oligarch companies, these massive big tech, big media conglomerates, trillion dollar companies. They need to break them up. Like Apple, $3 trillion, really? Or $1 trillion? Or Google? I mean, making what, uh, $100 million a minute? It's, it's obscene. They need to break these companies under the Sherman Act and redistribute the money to the people and the power to the people. They need to not necessarily destroy these companies, but break them up. We need to keep them under control. We need to make sure that people do not get that wealthy. Uh, we also need to re, re, uh, you know, reinvigorate civil liberties and civil rights. People need to be able to go to court and not be mocked and not be harassed and laughed out of court if they've got, you know, everybody's problem is, is, is huge to them. But, you know, when we sweep them under the rug with arbitration agreements or arbitration clauses, or when we have judges who came from the big, big, massive law firms, as opposed to like the small law firms or maybe the country law firms, when, when these judges come from like banking law firms, you know, with 10,000 lawyers, these guys have never missed a meal in their life. They, they bill at $5,000 an hour when they're 30 years old, all the way up to their 60. You really think they have any pain? You think they really understand what pain is, what cancer is, or you know what what suffering is? They don't. They they think and they believe that they're superior. They're out of touch. Same with the legislature. Same with the executive branch. So we need to drain the money a little bit, and and and, uh, and I know that sounds communistic in a sense of redistribution of wealth, but to some extent, it's it's it, it can't be extremism. There's got to be a balance. I think that the FTC and the DOJ antitrust division have been asleep for too many decades. And they've let uh, certain industries get out of control, certain oligarchs get out of control, plutocrats get out of control, where nobody can, nobody can rein them in anymore. You can't, I mean, what did Elon Musk just, you know, he, he was uh, yelling at the Elizabeth Warren, Senator Warren in, in Twitter, calling her all sorts of names. And this woman is the woman who actually created the, CFPB, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. She's the one who created that under the Obama administration, wherein they went after these massive banks and insurance companies, real estate companies who are just raping the people. Okay? She, she's a hero. But Elon Musk was, was shitting all over, excuse my language, and disrespecting. The woman is a queen for what she did. One of them. Uh, so, you know, these people in government... I mean, like Bernie Sanders is all the way on the left. I get it. He's a little bit, you know, a little bit out there, but his ideas are good. I mean, you know, we need to listen to people like that or Ron Paul. Uh, but money power, the military industrial complex, AI, big tech, big media, they have now, uh, they've bought everybody. They've purchased everybody. And there's nobody fighting for us anymore. They're just selling us out. And now they're calling us with big pharma who knows what COVID is? Was it man-made? Was it there to sort of, you know, cull humanity? Sounds to me like it was. Uh, you know, sounds to me like it could have been in fa a man-made fabricated virus. You never know. Georgia Guidestones comes into mind. 500,000 people, you know, can only, you know, run around in the world. So there's a lot of sickos out there, a lot of sickos with trillions of dollars. And that's a very, very scary prospect. So, so beyond like... Your, to answer your question uh, really, yeah, in a short way, we need to break down 
and you know eviscerate uh, the threats to individual civil liberties. We need to we need to trim them down and break them down a little bit so that they're not as powerful as they were before. So beyond just like Federal Trade Commission, uh, you know, like uh, scratch ups that we do like against these companies and stuff like that. What are other ways like uh, the executive legislature and even then uh, down to the judiciary uh, or even further the the people? What are some ways in which or like solutions that they can take on as well uh, to like kind of like uh, get the, the wheels turning on this? Well, you know, awareness, education is very important. Um you know, people need to be aware that the that you know awareness is the first step. The judiciary, for example, needs to be vetted. Uh, I think that uh, we need to look at the all of these members of government and say, you know, who, why are you this wealthy? I mean, w- you know, what qualifications do you have? What have you done for the people, other than you know? Uh, you know, get, uh, get other than being uh, on the teat of the wealthy, of the oligarchy. What have you done for the people? We need to hold the, the, these politicians to account uh, to make sure they're divorced from big money power. That's something that we could do. So, for example, Nancy Pelosi is a multimillionaire. Mitch McConnell's wife is a huge Chinese oligarch, a Chinese-American oligarch. Her family owns huge uh, frigate ships in the millions and billions of dollars. And there was, I think, I think there was cocaine, kilos and kilos of cocaine found on Mitch McConnell, who's the Speaker of the Senate, his wife's uh, family's cargo ships. Nobody talks about this. Um, You know, so we need to get money. We need to drain money out of politics. It's not just draining the swamp. The left and the right need to be drained of money, and we need to be able to put people in power who are actually from the people. Uh, rather than the elites. I mean, in, in order to get in there, you need h- how many hundreds of millions of dollars to even run for office? And, you know, who appoints these people uh, as judges? It's the oligarchy. So I think that's 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 one of the first things that we need to do somehow. Okay. Uh, I don't got any more questions, Rodell, do you? Uh, so you dove into a lot of things in terms of... Um you know, the, the systems that be and potential uh, issues that may have happened throughout society, of course. And when it comes down to, you know, potential tragedies that happen throughout the years, I definitely think they are warranted of criticism, of course. Um, and you could probably think of examples throughout uh, America's tenure. Um, obviously, other countries run a different system. So uh, those are, you know, situations that we've seen and we try to vet out when we when they see them. And when it comes down to the 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 1% that are kind of um, connected with one 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 in connecting with each other, and seeing each other is very similar. Um, that inherently, I'm not surprised with because I am also under the similar vein that, you know, when it comes down to similarities, if you had to classify it based off a characteristic, probably the best way to kind of uh, find the similarities between people is probably due from economic class. So inherently, I'm not surprised about that. Now, whether or not they will come together to kind of uh, do harm to our country as a whole, I'm not really I'm I'm. I would want to take each situation 
context by context and that would be important to kind of figure out the the solutions for those particular situations because i i do think when it comes down to it that there are problems in our american society and a lot of other societies where these are problems that one could be due to innate selfish greed or two could be due based off circumstance and not having enough um not having enough perspective to consider the full situation at hand right so if we're going to look at each situation we have to look at the situation on what is being provided and then figure out exactly what is being provided is it necessary enough to kind of um cor or necessary enough to excuse the potential harms that is being committed on that specific situation so to kind of start off with, right? So you mentioned that the oligarchs were somehow taking away, um, you know, a lot of civil liberties, civil rights. You mentioned a few rights, of course, such as the freedom of speech, which is obviously a foundational principle that America has and all the citizens should have, of course. When you're saying these oligarchs are limiting or taking away, can you explain what that means? And then we can dive into um that situation how do we solve it is it currently going on as bad as some people may say so we'll start like piece by piece because if we the reason why this is important is if we look at the oligarchs or if we're looking at the people in control and saying that every bad thing that has happened to our country and society is due to them that means there's really nothing we can do as a society to correct those situations that becomes very blackpilled and nobody's willing to move forward at that particular situation once we break down things context by context and look at what is going on and if there are reasons to circumstances versus absolute power corrupting absolutely i think that is better equipped at least for america other countries not so much but for america since we have better systems in place to correct these issues then we can be we can start finding solutions for the problems that currently exist so um as i said let's dive into what you meant regarding freedom of speech because that's the most important one for the people of course they have to be allowed to say what they say mean what they say say what they say on the internet uh check the rich people check the government with freedom of press freedom of religion to practice however they please in the country so uh yeah let me hear your thoughts about that <clears throat> that's a great uh, great segue i mean look yeah the, the problem right now as i said before is the merger the merger that is going on between the the oligarchs and the government uh, where there is no discernible difference anymore. And it's a sort of something that happened uh, a couple decades ago with the repeal of Glass-Steagall, the Glass-Steagall Act, which allowed the banks, commercial banks, to merge with the investment banks. And so there was no more firewall. So guess what? That led to the housing financial crisis 2008, right? You had, I mean, basically people playing or big banks playing with mom and pop savings. Okay, and they were investing in really stupid things, trillion dollar investments all around the world. And when they lost, when the economy went south, mom and pop savings went south. Uh, so right now the problem is, and, that, and it's not been curtailed, the merger between the oligarchy and the plutocracy, I say the plutocracy now, because that's even more scary than oligarchy. They've, they have completely merged, if not dominated and controlled the government. 
to the point where the government is just a puppet. I mean, forget about communism. It really is just about, you know, if Elon Musk sneezes, the entire judiciary catches cold. And there used to be, there used to be. Well, um, well to start, how do you, how do you, how do you prove that the, uh, the oligarchs have complete control of the government? Stop right there. Yes, this is a little mini ad. Don't skip. Don't skip. All I want to tell you right now is that at the end of the day, when it comes down to all the discussions I want to have, I want to be able to communicate with you, the audience. I want to be able to relay a message and receive a message from everyone and try to come up with these great solutions that I keep on talking about. So if you want to be part of the community, make sure you go to the website and sign up for not only the email list so you can get weekly emails from me for the podcast episode, informational sessions, all that great stuff, but also sign up to go on my Discord so you can be part of the discussions, debates on my live streams. So be sure to go to the website, www.purplepoliticalbreakdown.com and go to the email list, sign up and go to the Discord and join the server. Now back to the episode. Well, I mean, for example, I mean, there, uh, you know, it used to be, there used to be in this country, uh, very healthy, robust debates in the Senate and Congress uh, between, you know, they would drag in and haul in an oligarch or a plutocrat, you know, and sort of, you know, kind of grill them and and really go really find out. Don't they uh, still do that with like hearings? Because recently yeah, they have a lot of hearings where people come in and get questions. These are show trials. These are show trials. I mean, it, it's wait, but how were they not show trials before? You no, know, like well, I remember the cigarette ones going on in the eighties. Uh, that was one of the last ones that I ever saw that really meant something. Right. Um, but when I saw the ones in the eighties, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, the two thousands after the financial crisis, when they hauled in all the bankers, it was complete BS. It was ridiculous. You'd see Henry Paulson sitting up there with his black Casio watch. And just sort of lecture to people up there, you know, when he was as Goldman Sachs, you know, chief, but then he became the head of the treasury, like not even a few months later. Uh, and then you had, you know, it was just incredible. The, 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 the in your face attitude, you know, I really think it started with George W. Bush and, um, and uh, John Kerry sort of going against each other for the presidency. And they were both skull and bones members. Remember that? They just kind of looked at each other. They're like, we're on the same team. You know, we're representing the same guys. Um, we're just, we have just different philosophies. So it's gotten worse. I think that the show, tri- they become more show trials. I think that, uh, you know, the, the left and the right agree on more than they disagree with. And this is all just for popular consumption. So now we have sound bites on YouTube and Yahoo. You know, Ted Cruz will or get up and start yelling at somebody. Or Josh Hawley will yell at an FBI, uh, you know, uh, Christopher Ray, and say, "How dare you surveillance all of our, you know, our emails?" Or you know, Ron Paul will get up there and sort of chastise Dr. Fauci for engaging in, you know, uh, gain of function research. And it, but what happens? It's just bullshit. I mean, you know, Ron, I think it was huge news when Ron Paul, Dr. Ron Paul, uh, you know, s- sent over a criminal referral on, on Dr. Fauci. That never really happens. This should be happening every day, okay? Uh, you know, Google, uh, Twitter, uh, Apple, what they're doing, these are criminal acts. I mean, it was found that Google was actually involved with fomenting wars 
all around the Middle East. They were actually fomenting war and spreading misinformation in Syria and all over the world. And, and Julian Assange was the one who revealed that, Julian Assange. But where is he now? He's, he's like buried under concrete somewhere in some jail that we don't even know where he is. That's what happens to people who are whistleblowers. It used to be guys would be celebrated for, for releasing information, like the Pentagon Papers, right? Daniel Ellsberg, people would be celebrated for outing these stories. Now they're jailed or humiliated. Look at John Kiriakou, the CIA operative, you know, who, who, uh, who uh, blew the whistle on torture in Abu Ghraib, you know, the torturing, right? He went to jail. Uh, Jeffrey Sterling about the Iran, the CIA operative for, for you know, who, who revealed the stuff about Iran. So, you know, this is what happens to whistleblowers today. So there are no protections and there are no more heroes. And, and the oligarchy has become the government. If you are an enemy of the oligarchy, you are now an enemy of the government and they will come after you. But isn't that the nature of like all states uh, throughout the majority of history? Like it, it sounds like there's like a presupposition here to me, right? It sounds like, uh, you know, with exception to the Pentagon paper case, uh, these whistleblowers, uh, you know, used to not see this like treatment. When in reality, I mean, as far as I know, it was uh, significantly um, even worse in a lot of ways, right? Especially uh, after that of World War One. Um, I, I would just like to hear your thoughts on that. No, that's a great point. I mean, so yeah, I mean, I, I have observed that, but I think it, it's gotten a lot worse. I think that it used to, it used to be sincere. Uh, and then it's just, it is now like the boiling frog approach. I think it's slowly become. It used to be sincere. How? I would, I, I, what do you mean by that? Sincere meaning like when it, you know, decades ago, 50 years ago, 60 years ago, when they would come after the criminals, the oligarchs, the plutocrats who were threatening the American way of life or civil liberties or whatever the case may be, it, they would go after them. Uh, there were actual patriots in the U.S. government on all three branches. Um, but I think now people are just, they realize that the show is over, that it's coming to an end. And you better be on the right side when the music stops playing. When, when, when It's like musical chairs. Do you have a chair when the music stops? And everyone's looking for their golden parachute now and selling themselves out. And me being an attorney for 21 years in New York City, I've watched this before September 11th and after, how the courts have changed with the advent of the Homeland Security and DHS and ICE, which effectively replaced the FBI and the Department of Justice, which actually used to obey the Constitution. The FBI wasn't great. It was a Masonic organization founded in the 20s and 30s after there was a communist scare, you know, bombs blowing up on Wall Street, that kind of thing. But, you know, it was also very unconstitutional. They would do black bag jobs. They would break into people's houses. I mean, look what they did with the Black Panthers. You know, I mean, they, they did a lot of bad things, okay? Uh, what they did to Martin Luther King, sending him suicide notes. This is a very, very bad organization. But it was the beginning of the end with the FBI. But the DHS, Homeland Security, the finishing touches were put on it by guys like Marcus Wolf, who were actually imported from Europe. And Marcus Wolf cut his teeth in the KGB, NKVD in Russia. And then he, he joined the, the German Stasi. The, the secret police. And, you know, when he was done with his career, he was invited over here by the founders of the Department of Homeland Security, guys like Tom Ridge, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, others who invited him to put the finishing touches on DHS to make it look and emulate 
the KGB, the Stasi, the Gestapo. And uh, that's where we live now. So it's all about, you know, uh, you know, breaking down dissenters, making them look crazy, gang stalking. The cops program, the community oriented policing program is really just gang stalking. And that really just replaced the Frank Church. The Frank Church hearings in 1976 outlawed the FBI and the CIA from doing COINTELPRO, which was the COINTELPRO program, as you probably know, was when they would go after political dissenters and you know, organizations that infiltrate them and murder their leaders or, you know, destabilize or humiliate their leaders. Um, but the COINTELPRO program was outlawed in the 70s with Frank Church. Guys like that really were serious. And they eviscerated the CIA and the FBI. But guess what? It came back after the Oklahoma City bombings. Uh, and when they, when they started up the COPS program, the Community-Oriented Policing Program of the DOJ, COPS. And you know what that stands for? Community-Oriented Policing? It, it stands for, you know, recruiting your local mailman or your local, you know, baker or your local Uber driver or your landlord. You know, it's called gang stalking. It's called harassment. Hey, this guy is a freak. We think he's a terrorist or we think he's a pedophile. We think he's a drug dealer. Keep an eye on him. And here's my business card. Let me know if you see something. If you see something, say something, right? That's cops. That is COINTELPRO all over again. And then when September 11th happened, it went even further with Department of Homeland Security and ICE. It was cops program on crack. Okay. It became a, a bona fide police state. So we are for all purposes, a police state, a communist state, a socialist state, whatever you want to call it. And, um, you know, it's a very, very scary place to be. You know, Harvey Silverglate was an attorney, a criminal defense attorney. He wrote a book called Three Felonies Per Day. He said that from the time you wake up, the average American, from the time they wake up to the time they go to bed at night, you've committed three felonies per day and you don't even know it. We're so overregulated and so over-legislated that we're living on a screen right now. We're living on the grid. And if they want to get you, they'll get you. You know, Neil Young once said, you know, step out of line, the man come take you away. Now they've got legitimate reasons. If you are a, if you are a pain in the ass of the oligarchy, if you are somebody who causes problems for the plutocracy in their, in their bloodthirsty drive to dominate this planet, lock, stock, and barrel, if you are in their way, if you're spreading some truth, truth bombs here and there, and you're a pain in the ass enough, they will they will take you out legal, and they can because, like I said, there's no difference between the plutocrats, oligarchs, and the U.S. government now anymore, and that's with the advent of the police state, DHS, ICE, Homeland Security, with the cops program. We just you know we're just uh, we're just there on the grid, and it's a lot easier to take you out than it used to be. I thought that uh, the cops program, I didn't even know it was called cops. I thought it was Operation Tips, right? Like terrorism, oh. information and prevention system. Well, yeah, but like the, the thing that uh, I recall, the exact model of what you're talking about uh, was something that was suggested by the Bush administration, but not actually run in full, right? No, that, they, no it predated the Bush administration. It, okay. was during, it was during the Clinton administration with Joe Biden. That was after the Oklahoma City bombings. The cops program came into play at that point. Interesting. Okay. Yes, sir. So that was a training wheel for the real uh, coup d'etat, which was the Bush administration. So, yeah, Oklahoma City bombings uh, reinstated the COINTELPRO of the FBI and CIA. 
which were outlawed in 1976 by Frank Church. So, um, a lot of interesting things were said, of course. Um, and I want to touch upon uh, a few things here. Well, first things first, um, when it comes down to it, in terms of your interpretation on the how they grill or how they question or interrogate uh, certain people based off these hearings, I'm very curious to see the, the versions that you're saw and that differ from the current versions, especially considering you indicated that there's uh, similarities to left and right. And from what I've seen, there's actually, I think they're more apart than ever before based off um, a lot of the things that you're kind of referring to, because I think for the most part, a lot of people on the right nowadays are much more anti-establishment versus a lot of people on the left who is much more a we need these uh government to be more stronger to make sure we enforce our human uh civil uh, rights and civil liberties so it seems like they're much more different nowadays um especially when they have hearings like they had recently when they grilled the fbi director and a lot of the republicans there were attacking him even though he was put in place by um donald trump to be the fbi director and really criticizing him based off his actions and indicating that the fbi is as corrupt and we need to disable the fbi and we need to disable other kind of uh, bureaucracies in the government as of right now so it seems to me that a lot of the people in the republican party are probably in more favor to a lot of the rhetoric you're referring to in terms of you know dwindling the federal government and limiting their power of course whether that's right or wrong is completely based off your interpretation but i don't really see the similarities between the two sides as of right now i think they're further as further apart as you can be especially considering how um social media and the inter uh the ability to get pushed into echo chambers is more powerful now since everybody has access to information that will coincide with their political beliefs of course now with that said i do think that when you're talking about the government and their involvement in these a lot of circumstances from my understanding you could definitely say that they're it's corrupt it's bad it's morally reprehensible i won't even argue because i think for the most part a lot of people have enough context to realize that the government has done things that would normal people would deem terrible things to do. Now, it's a, tough for me to say that they did this in behest of an oligarchy versus they did this because they think this will be the embitterment of the country. Whether that you believe that or not, it's completely up to you. But we know they've done terrible, terrible things trying to do make sure that America is the number one power in the world. And that is their goal at the end of the day. Uh, so with that said, um, I do want to reroute to, um, you know, current day society, of course, and, uh, I guess to touch on the police state part, I, I definitely think that there are a lot of laws out there that can definitely be, you know, this, this is a part that I, that I definitely agree that can be happen for rich folk and the government, of course. And that is, we know that there are laws out there some of the dumbest laws that exist and we know that even like in a workplace like if you had to correlate this with the simplest analogy we know that if you for example wanted to start a union you pissed off your manager maybe and usually you do these actions maybe you you know go hop on your phone a little bit or maybe you eat a french fry or two or maybe you didn't scrub this one singular area once you piss off the powers to be, so I think this is a system thing that happens in every system with the powers that aren't above you. Once you piss them off, they can find any little thing to charge you or to blame you or to punish you with 
based off those rules that never really get enforced. You know, this happens with people complaining, hey, man, you should read your terms of service all the time because you never know what's in there. Right. So I think that is definitely something that can be taken advantage of all like all the time. And we should have things in place to make sure we realize that when people are taking advantage of these powers and it's unfortunate based off our court system that people who pay the pay for the highest lawyers the people who can continuously push you on the court are the people who are just going to have way 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 more money than you regardless if you were afforded a state attorney that is supposed to defend you on a particular case we know if you went up against the state or we know if you went up against someone extremely rich from a civil suit probably you will be unless the the evidence is for you there will be a disadvantage so if we can reroute that to make sure it's as fair as possible for the people that are not the rich one percent i'm all in favor with that of course um but that said, there is something to be said on making our state more safe overall by adding all these protections, making sure that we get pedophiles out, out of the uh, out of the way. And as of right now, I don't even know if we're doing that great of a job because we're finding all these weirdos on the street. We're finding these people who are shooting up, um, you know, places. We're not we're not finding them. We're not getting them. Um, most recently, I live in Ohio and recently this happened. We're in Columbus, Ohio, a few hours away from me, but in Columbus, Ohio, the people were just in a movie theater and out of nowhere, someone walked in with a gun and just was shooting up the movie theater. They were just trying to watch a movie. So these systems of be that are going to try to protect us from these evil people. They're going to take away some of our freedoms, too. This is the give and take between safety and freedom that I've, we've had a podcast about check out that episode we talked about should we be sacrificing some uh, freedoms to ensure more safety and that's just how the that's just how the system works you have to sacrifice freedom for safety if you don't then that, that's your that's your personal ideology i'm not even saying everybody needs to believe in that uh philosophy but that's just how everything works it's a cycle they it's a give and take it's a push and pull of course um, but I want to kind of reroute to, uh, of course, if you want to respond to anything, you can. But I want to reroute into the 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 part of freedom of speech where where you're indicating that they are limiting freedom of speech because we, if they are, or if we see that some um, mistreatment is trying to limit the people's speech to uh, kind of combat the people, combat the government, combat um, the press. That we put the necessary protections in place to ensure that the the oligarchs you're referring to and the government, because neither of them should be allowed to limit our speech, are uh, are taken accountable for that. So can you can you uh, refer to like how they would be doing this? Um, what examples you may have so we can uh, discuss that? Well, sure. Yeah, I, I wanted to touch really briefly on something you said earlier, really quickly. Uh, you, you had mentioned about how Republicans uh, seem to be now very anti-establishment and the, the left leftists seem to be more, you know, we need more power and more stability. And, and the thing that I would say to that is you're absolutely right. Uh, whenever one of the other sides is in power or occupies the White House or the Senate or the Congress, all of a sudden they are the ones who want to keep things the way they are there. And the ones that are outside looking in are the ones who are anti-establishment. That happened when Trump was in office. Uh, yeah. the reverse of what's happening now so you're exactly correct about that uh, but getting back to what you just said i mean like you know the freedom of speech look at amazon for example right 
Amazon is a private company, supposedly. Um, but Amazon and Kindle apparently control 99% of online book sales. Mm-hmm. Do you realize that? 99, almost 99%. So as a private company, they're allowed, however, to have their own TOS, terms of service, and say, you know what? We don't like these books. We don't like these words. We don't like these ideas. So we're going to ban them from distribution. And guess what that means? That means those books will never see the light of day. Now, guess what? It, it couldn't be any worse if the U.S. government burned those books or banned those books like, not, like Nazi Germany used to do. Or in that story, uh, that book, uh, Fahrenheit 451, the burning of the books, that's exactly what this is. I mean, the U.S. government is doing this. They used to use the, the mafia to do their dirty work. Remember the uh, in the 1940s with the German U-boats? Uh, they would, you know, the, the Italian mob would be the lookout. And uh, basically they would, you know, if you see something, say something, they would use Italian assassination groups to whack uh, certain people all around the world because they couldn't, the U.S. government couldn't get involved in the dirty work, in the wet work. You know what I mean? So they used criminal elements to do their job, or and the, the word was plausible denial, plausible deniability, right? And we have nothing to do with this shit. But everybody knew it was the U.S. government. So when we have big tech or big books like big Amazon not letting certain books see the light of day, or when we have Twitter, which basically is the new newspaper for everybody in the world, not allowing certain newspaper articles to see the light of day, or ban- or when we have big media banning like Russian news television or Chinese news television or Arabic news or, or Iranian news from the airwaves to get a distinct, different point of view. I mean, that's censorship. That's that's the U.S. government saying, okay, that's not us. That's that's something else. Okay, so you know, I think it's cowardice when the U.S. government tries to use privatized entities uh, and in return give them all sorts of immunities and federal dollars and you know, all sorts of tax perks so that they grow. Or even Apple. Apple. What's an Apple? Apple is basically a phone, but it is the best surveillance tool, uh, monitoring tool that has ever existed in, in the course of humanity. If you, I mean, th- these things listen to you when they're turned off. There's nothing. They have your fingerprints. They have your bio data. They have your social security. They have your health data, everything aside. And guess what? Why is Apple the richest $1 trillion company? The first company ever to reach capitalization of $1 trillion? Well, you know why. The U.S. government's like, just go ahead and do it. It is the U.S. government. Okay. Uh, Jeff Bezos is the U.S. government. Tim Cook is the U.S. government. Larry Page, Sir, uh, Larry Page Sergey Brin of Google, they are the U.S. government. Uh, you know, uh, Jack, uh, you know, of Twitter, he was the U.S. government. Anybody working for these humongously massive big tech, big pharma, big media companies, they are the czars of the new United States government. Okay. And, and let's look at the TikTok example. They're like all ticked off and pissed off at TikTok, right? Yep. Oh, they're stealing our data. But Google's been doing that since the 1990s. Google has been stealing our bio data our information, our voices, our private data for the whole world since the 1990s. And TikTok's the new kid on the block started in 2021, 2022. 
They just don't like it because the Chinese communists are doing it. Right. They don't give a damn about civil liberties. They don't give a crap about us. They already have. They just don't want the Chinese to do it. So, so let's be real. Okay. Were you about to say something else? Yes, sir. No, no, I'm done with that. Okay. So uh, a lot of interesting things, again, you, you were saying. Um, and one thing I will say in terms of um, a lot of this is I don't know about them, um, the the big techs being uh, part of government necessarily. I don't know. I would have to see more of that to kind of believe in that. But what I will say is that a lot of this at the end of the day is a product of more more often than not, capitalism is a product of capitalism. When it comes down to uh, and this is a great thing about the Internet, because technically I agree with what you're saying in terms of Amazon or maybe even Twitter, whereas like. There are certain things they can limit in terms of information based off different contextual reasons, and those are uh, reasons that you can definitely bring up. I mean, if you want to bring up books for Amazon, I don't know exactly what books you would refer to. No, but it's every, think, listen, it's, 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 it's far worse than you understand, I mean, than what you're saying. It, it really, really has gone to that level where every single congressional hearing and every senatorial hearing, open and closed door, is about this one common denominator, one common theme. It is out of control, and and we are heading towards this this sort of situation of AI, which is literally a merger between the super super wealthy and the governments of the world, where there is no discernible difference. So um, what I'm referring this to is the when problem. It it's not even it's not even a conspiracy theory anymore. It is reality. So what I'm referring to when it comes to capitalism is that. I'm not sure that they're doing this based off an agenda or personal want. And it's possible Bezos could be pushing out books that he doesn't like. It's possible, but that's you know that is what he can do for having for creating the corporation as Cap um, no, capitalism. Capitalism uh, on a small scale is still alive, but capitalism on a large scale is completely and totally dead. Capitalism well, in this oh. situation, the only reason why the, the the products that he provides for the people are super efficient and super beneficial for them to use. And when it comes to releasing an online book, like, sure, you may not be able to get on Amazon, but there are other services you can get into, which is doesn't completely dead out the possibility of getting your books out there. Now, can they 99% of all books online are through Amazon? How in the world could you be competitive? Uh, through all these nickel and dime online bookstores that don't even that don't even know people don't even know exist. It's no, ridiculous. I agree. Will you be competitive? You are shut out. Will you be competitive? No, you won't. And that's that's Twitter. that's a product of capitalism since they started dominating all the capitalism. all the no, competitors. It's no, it's not capitalism. I mean, think about that that movie. Um, do you remember the movie American Gangster? Yeah. Okay. Do you remember? I don't. I've watched it. Remember Blue Magic? Mm-hmm. He had a better product for a, for a fraction of the cost, and that's right. why people bought his stuff. Frank Lucas, that was his whole theory, right. and he was, you know, and that's why the the competing mob families, the Italians and the other ones, were like so after him. Even law enforcement, which basically was run and ruled by the Italian mafia, went after Frank Lucas, and even they even got you know other factions to go after him within his own. Same thing happened to Malcolm X. You know, the government uses people to compete and they kill each other, right? The bottom line is in a purely capitalist society, if you have a good product, a better product with a cheaper price, you should be more successful than your neighbor. Yeah, but at this but point, nobody has a... 
but when nobody has a better product than Amazon right now. But when the government, you know, is 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 behind the scenes tripping you up, you know, eavesdropping, you know, uh, sabotaging you because they can doing black bag jobs, you know, monitoring you, notifying your enemies that you're coming out of a diner right now, and trying to whack you. You've got no, you've got no chance in hell. Well, yeah, but isn't it that isn't that like the natural consequence? Like you have like. It's true where you say, for example, the better product would necessarily speak for itself, but market actors are going to tr- try to figure out ways to go around the uh, general capitalist uh, routes to, like you know, completely destroy the uh, the other products, even if they are better than them. Right? Isn't that yeah, just that's the natural? Fine, as long as it's market actors, but you're not you're you're ignoring what I'm just saying. Government is not market. Sure, but the well, if it wasn't for like, if there was no government, wouldn't it just be firm on firm warfare in that case? Then, well, no, market actors is pure capitalism. That's fine. We can live with that. But the government is an enormously powerful entity. Wait, hold on. We we can live with that. Like, what do you mean by that? Well, what you know, what we were the analogy that we were just talking about that you know, capitalism is really about market factors and, and competitors in the market. Correct. That's fine competition going around it to use your words what i'm saying is that when the government okay cheats to tilt it success in the favor of the one that sort of you know kissed the ring sure okay when that happens on a scale of today's uh levels of the trillion dollar billion dollar levels you know you might as well just just you know hang it up well, sure. The, the the thing that we're like the dart we're trying to throw to you though is that we're just like stating this is that natural consequence insofar as that these market forces rather or rather these firm leaders have assessed that there are cases in which other firms can surmount them like through uh, you know just bringing in a better product. So they've started to go out to other reasons like um like resources to try to snuff it out. That's the natural consequence. Firm actors are recognizing that their firms themselves might be in danger of competitors. So they're trying to go outside the means of some of capitalism, right? Regardless of what comes in the end, hold on really quick. Regardless of what it comes in the end, right? And what you want to call it doesn't really mean anything. This is just the natural consequence of it because these firm actors are still trying to figure out how to like come out on top, right? This has been enabled by that system. You know, have you heard of have you ever heard of Incutel? I'm not familiar. Go ahead. In the nineties, there was a small little company called Incutel. Nobody really heard about it. All right. Um, and it was a C- angel investor in big tech in Silicon Valley. They were this like, you know, small little company that really, you know, that was like putting pumping money into all these different technologies. And lo and behold, a whole ton of these companies, in fact, it was like you know, just pretty much 99 percentile of all the companies Incutel, you know, invested in or touched or graced with their presence grew into these multi-billion dollar, huge big tech companies that we see today. Uh, you know, it's 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 inc- uncanny. But you know what? It was later discovered that Incutel was a CIA branch, a division of the United States Central Intelligence Agency. You could do the research on that. I'm not making that up. My point, yeah, to you is that, my point to you is that, you know, capitalism is wonderful and market forces are wonderful, provided that that's what they are. But when you have a government uh, cheating to catapult one over another, 
crushing even someone who is brighter, crushing someone with better ideas, more ingenuity, just for the sake of their own selfish desires and needs and wants. And remember, we talked about how, you know, the oligarchy is now it's you can't even tell the difference between the government because, you know, they're just, you know, because they just wanted to do it. That's not America. That's not capitalism. Okay. That's communism. That's cheating. That's for the good of the state. L'état c'est moi. And that is what is happening now. That is what, and it's getting worse. And that so, is, you know, in the beginning of this conversation, you would ask me, what can we do? Yeah. We, well, number one, we need to be aware that that's happening. But sure. number two, we need to spot it and, and call it out whenever we see it. Because it is controlled. Some people call it crony capitalism, right? Yeah. Like guys like Bernie Sanders. But that's just a really nice way of saying it, you know. So it's just really so become, it's really become government-enabled success, and that's unacceptable in a free society. Unacceptable. So just we're so we're all on the same page because that's an interesting bit of information we're referring to in Qtel because it kind of sets a baseline on why you think what you think, of course. And obviously, I would be willing to do my research about that, of course. But so we're on the same page. You're saying that the government created a uh, organized or business corporation called Incutel that invested to all the big companies today, like Google, Apple, for example. It it literally is a roadmap. You you know if you do the if you do the research, and it's not even that much research. If you do the research and see what Incutel, and this is like the '90s when it was like everything was like I mean there was like. The browsers were like, remember Netscape, that cheesy thing, or uh, Google were on the same page, and you had um, AOL and all these, you know, competing search engines. Do you remember that? Yeah. Or you had Facebook, and you had uh, the other one. Um, there was another social media one. What was that? MySpace. Planet? MySpace. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Back in the day. Uh, so, you know, who won, who didn't, you know? Uh, look at InQtel and see who they who they were involved with. And you will be shocked. When you yeah. say involved, do you mean that I they... Say, and, I, and when I say this, I say rinse, lather, repeat. There are other... That's the cleanest one that we found. But there are so many others that were born in the, in the, in the, in the, in the back room of governmental agencies with a few guys. Some were private guys and some were public guys. When I say private and public, sitting there smoking their cigars, drinking their scotch, laughing their asses off. Saying, okay, you know what? Let's do this with this guy. Let's do this with this company. Because right. let's, so, let's make, a deal, make a deal with the devil. Let's make sure that he eschews the political value systems that we like. And let's bury the one that we don't like. And they would so, do it all the time. And today we have their legacy. And this is real. And that was 1990s. Now we're in 2023. Okay, 30, 30 something years ago. So are you saying so are you saying that these people just invested in Incutel and then Incutel invested in other companies? Or are you saying they did they went another step and there plotting? were many yeah, there were many tech startups that Incutel was involved with that have all by and large become wildly successful. So just if Incatel invested in these companies, why is that inherently a bad thing? I'm curious. Well, 
No, but, but that's what I'm trying to say. You, our friend here, Paul, was talking about market forces. Yeah, capitalism, yeah, right. In its purest form, which I agree with. That's healthy. That's that's good. That means that guys like you and me, if we have got good ideas and we're intelligent, we're hardworking, we, can, we too can become billionaires and oligarchs, right? But what I'm saying is that in today's society, that's not possible unless you kiss the ring. And I mean, literally, you know, make a deal with the devil. You literally don't control your own company. You literally turn it over to others. Okay. And you're a vehicle. You will be rewarded. And that's the point. Okay. So if you look at guys that are successful, wildly successful in today's day and age, and you sniff around a little bit, this is why Julian Assange right now is in jail because he uncovered the links between the government and these wildly successful billionaire companies, mostly in big tech, big media, big pharmaceutical, military industrial complex, whatever, big oil. He discovered the links between those massive, massive conglomerates and the U.S. government. And, and not just great, just the, huge, the U.S. government, but specific individuals who had certain agendas very, very specific foreign policy and domestic policy agendas, which were some would consider to be almost sociopathic, if not psychopathic, that nobody in their right mind would have supported that. I mean, would you have supported 500,000 murdered Iraqi children? Well, of course in your wildest not. Nightmare? Yeah. Would you, could you ever say that that would be a good thing? 500,000 kids in Iraq were murdered. Did you know that? Yeah. But you know what Madeleine Albright called that, who was former Secretary of State? She said that was collateral damage. Yeah. Okay. Do you know what Henry Kissinger called mil the military? Big, dumb, stupid animals useful for foreign policy. Do you agree with that? Of course not. No. Do you know, have you, have you heard of, ever heard of National Security Memo 2005? National Security Memo was written by Henry Kissinger in the 70s. And it was all about eliminating, quote unquote, useless eaters. I can't remember the name of the National Security Memo. You'll have to Google that. But it was a number. National who, Security Memo who, by Kissinger in 1974 who, was designed to eliminate useless eaters. Who fell under that, like uh, useless eater? What is that defined useless as? Useless eaters. Like, you describe it. Just, uh, I, I assume they're talking about disabled people, right? Genocide. Global. Yeah. Oh, wow. Depopulation. Okay. Depopulation is the greatest agenda. He always used to talk about these are the kind of guys, or even guys like uh, you know, um, you know, former National Security uh, Advisor to President Carter, uh, the, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, Brzezinski. You know, he he was the architect of Al Qaeda, the Muslim terrorist organization, to fight the Soviet Union. He literally helped to gather all these super crazy militant fundamentalists from all over the world, from Egypt, from Algeria, from Tunisia, from Morocco, the most mentally unstable people, but they were also good fighters, and put them and built a Frankenstein monster in the base of Afghanistan and sent them into the Soviet Union and bled Russia dry. And they all had American military supplies through Charlie Wilson's war. I mean, these are the kinds of Americans that are, are sitting at that round, we're sitting at the round table deciding which big tech companies or big media companies or big uh, pharmaceutical companies would be successful 
and which ones would fail. Okay. So, oh, real quick. So, in terms of a lot of this people, you mentioned. I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying you're lying or anything. And the, based off, I'm a lawyer, of, I can't lie about that. <laughs> it's true. The 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 individuals that you're referring to. I mean, like I said, this this is why these conversations are important, so we can vet them out and obviously expose them based off um, the, the platforms we do have, and to sure. obviously talk about that stuff. That's important. But um, so that's something I'll never deny, and I will never deny whistleblowers have value in that as well. Of course, and this is information that people that are listening, that are watching, that these are information that you should research yourself. You don't have to blindly listen to me or blindly listen to Rule or blindly listen to anybody who may be saying this. Do your own research, come up with your own opinion, and then act accordingly based off the information that you are listening to, of course. Perspective and nuances, everything, in my opinion, at the very least. Now, when you're referring to a lot of these people, whether or not they're evil, um, I'm not going to talk about that at this moment because, I mean, from what it sounds like, it does sound like they're evil. And we know that there can be very evil one percenters and there can be good one percenters and there could be one percenters that just don't do anything. So we know they're that not even one, my friends are not even one percenters after COVID. The wealthiest uh, increased their wealth by about thirty three trillion dollars. It's estimated that during COVID. Yeah, Same like one per, below one percent. I mean, like I said, it's I'm like not surprised about the point. Yeah, it's like point like zero zero one. It was called they were called the one percenters back in the uh, and and by the way, I was part of that uh, movement in Zuccotti Park. One of my attorneys was actually the lawyer for the movement at Zuccotti Park down on Wall Street. My office, my law office, is down there, so right. I was very close to that movement. But that was twenty years ago. Um, now it's become the point oh oh one percent, if you will. I mean, it's not even one percent. It's just yeah. I, I mean, I, I believe you. The only reason why I'm not saying point oh oh one is because that's a lot to say. So that's the problem. <laughs> that's yeah. the only reason why I'm not saying but that. But it's significant. It's really significant. It is. I agree. That's what. That's it. why I said earlier. The rich is getting richer. The poor is getting poorer. I think this is the primary thing we should focus on as a country. Um, mm -hmm. But with that said, you're referring to because there's a few things we have to lay out to kind of find ways to kind of figure out how to deal with these problems. And the first thing that you mentioned was, you know, you mentioned in QTEL, you mentioned uh, potential bad people that you're referring to that are investing in these things um, and investing in corporations based off either potential future financial gain or ba based off a maybe plan of action that they can use said corporation either, or it's irrelevant to, for this point that I'm making right now. So when it comes down to how our country works, when it comes to creating a business, well, when, one thing we do know is that they have to have investors. Do you think there should be a law or cap on the type of investors that invest in your company? No, 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 no. That that has nothing to do with it. No, absolutely not. Well, how but would invest, you prevent those? Right. How would you prevent those oligarchs that you're referring to from investing in companies? Oh, 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 I'm sorry. I, I didn't understand your question. Are you saying that? Are you saying that there should be some rule preventing people investing in a company or a hypothetical company? Or are you saying in, preventing these oligarchs from investing in your company? I'm not really sure what the question is. Well, the question, because it's important to note for this particular situation, because we have to make sure we understand how we kind of figure out to prevent any future problems based off potential corruptions or potential manipulation. If we, we if we did deem that a problem in American society, we know that the the dream for every American, for the most part, when it comes to being an entrepreneur 
start a business, get investors. Like I've met so many people who need investors to uh, propagate their company, of course. Um, but when you're referring to Incutel, it sounds like for me is that there are individuals that's related that invested, um, either invested in Incutel or part of Incutel, but then invested in other big tech companies that eventually grew into the big companies they are today. So how would you and future companies that need to be invested in, because that's the only way you're growing is by investors. How would you be able to kind of vet out the people who are investing? Would, would you put a law in place or would you put a stipulation if they're involved with the government? How would you kind of figure that out? Well, I mean, that, that's, that's, that's exactly correct. But see, that's, see that that's, um, that's almost a red herring because you also have the FBI, which, which passed legislation about 10 years ago, stating that they were now allowed to pose as journalists. So this is almost exactly the same analogy of CIA and Incutel. Uh, the FBI passed, uh, you know, there was a, a, an amendment which allowed them, and they never could do this before, to actually pose as journalists. In other words, lie. Which amendment are you referring to? Uh, so you, you're going to have to look this up. The F, and it might be buried now in the news, but I remember it was big news about 10 years ago. They were allowed, the FBI were allowed to send out agents to pose as journalists and literally, um, you know, blur the line between the press and, and, uh, and, uh, and, and when I say posing as journalists, I don't mean, you know, just some, you know, undercover operation like, oh, hi, my name is John Smith. You know, I work for the New York Times. They right. actually had like entire agencies. They would be conglomerates. They would be press office they would have microphones they would literally have press badges they would deny their identities as federal law enforcement or infiltrators they would infiltrate the media and okay. they were also planting bogus bullshit stories misinformation disinformation designed to manipulate the public which is totally illegal okay what do you, uh, you talk about fake news uh, well, before you know, before paul you get into that yeah. I'm still curious on the in stuff regarding the the well, investors. The How would you? The reason okay. that that's important is because even now, you'll see very very wildly successful, massive big media companies right. that exist today, where mm -hmm. the FBI has completely pulled out of it, but their shoe print remains, their footprint remains, and the only reason that they're wildly successful is because they played ball. And they still continue to play ball on foreign policy and domestic policy agenda of a certain small group of men and women within the U.S. government who are absolutely abusing their power. And they are no different than the revolving door of the oligarchy. They have the same, you know, they, they sit together, they, they laugh, they chat about the masses, and they, they spit on them. Okay, so this is an abuse of taxpayer dollars. This is interference with the natural course of business and capitalism as our friend paul was talking about market forces blah 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 this is total bullshit okay and this is what we call the deep state this is the deep state right so let me okay. let me give it a, let me give it a a real life example to so we can figure this out yes, sir. so i i know someone who uh creates a a media company actually uh, he runs a newspaper or like email newspaper thing uh it's called 1440 um and he just brings out unbiased news information 
every day to your newsletter. I've read it. They didn't seem biased to me. You can tell what political affiliation they had when they wrote it. They're just bringing out the facts for the people. And it's just a company that he started up and it's growing, of course. Now, this company needs investors. They need people who, in order to grow to compete with the big wigs like Fox or CNN, obviously they would need more money so they can get more staff, so we can get out more information, better information, all that good stuff. We know that's important. Um, so to prevent the potential corrupt people that is investing in this company from investing into this company, how would you do that? I mean, you know, investment is an investment, but you need to have full disclosure. I guess, okay. I guess full disclosure is the, is the key, right? Um, as long as you have full disclosure, I don't see anything wrong with the freedom to contract or freedom to invest. And can you verify, can you explain, sorry, can you explain what you mean by full disclosure? Well, I, you know, full disclosure would be hi, I'm investing in your company, but I want you to know that I'm a branch of the central intelligence agency. Okay, so that their their qualifications <laughs> and, 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 needs and to be apparent for the people. And, yeah. Well, like if they're, if they're a state agent, is what he's saying. Yeah, like if they're a state agent, they have to like <laughs> say they're a state agent. Oh, so only I, state agents. Well, I mean, well, look, I mean, or you know, hi, I, you know, Ronald Reagan once said, you know, the the most scary se sentence in the English language is, "Hi, I'm from the government. I'm here to help." Right. Okay. I mean, the bottom line is just let them know if they're in the government. Right. Full disclosure. Okay. I mean, you know, you, look, I mean, you don't want to be a pawn if you're in, and you're in business. I mean, maybe you do. I mean, maybe, look, you don't care. I mean, there's a lot of people who don't care. Right. They're like, listen, you know what? I would rather be a hugely successful billionaire knowing that I've got the CIA or the FBI in my back pocket. Uh, you know, that's fine. That's okay. That You can sacrifice your personal or artistic integrity but don't let anybody think or you shouldn't let anybody think that you got there because you're a smart genius you got there because you got help all right and you're owned lock stock and barrel and you don't even have your own opinion and if you step out of line the man come take you away you're working for the government you are working for the u.s government you are a proxy for the government and that's all you are and that's really what Twitter has become. Let, let me add. Amazon has become. That's what Google and Apple have become. Let, they, let me ask you really quick. So, like, this is going to say they have become. They have yeah. become arms of the United States government, and the way that they, you know, they undermine our First Amendment rights, our Fourth Amendment, our Fifth Amendment, free right to be free from search and seizure collecting our biographical data, surveillancing us. The way they get away with that is by wearing a glove of a bullshit company because it's a private entity, and that's the way they hide. This country is no longer the United States of America with the Constitution, okay? It is a, a nation of gloves masquerading as companies, and they are violating our civil liberties and constitutional rights on a daily basis. Okay. And they, and if you try to sue them, they have laws like the CDA section 230 communications decency act section 230, which provides complete total immunity from lawsuits for the anonymous postings of its users on like a website, for example, you can't sue a website. 
right? You can't sue a media company, CDA 230. You can't sue Google. You can't sue Twitter. You can't sue Amazon under CDA 230. You can't sue Yelp for destroying your business, you know, when a bunch of CIA agents go onto your website and destroy your law firm or your pizza parlor with shitty reviews to tank your company, you can't sue them even though it's a bunch of intelligence guys because you went on Twitter and said you were against the Ukrainian war or that you don't think Putin's such a bad guy. This is our country now. If you, you know, Muhammad Ali, when he was jailed for protesting the Vietnam War, he said, why would I want to go over there and kill some Viet Cong? They didn't do nothing to me. Remember he said that? Yeah. Okay. Well, now, instead of putting him in jail, they would do something else. They would cancel him out, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. And it's the U.S. government. They just, it would be Twitter doing it. You would never hear from them again. So okay. the, the the thing I really wanted to quickly ask, right, is like, when do you think like sufficient uh, American state security apparatus really started to envelop itself uh, so far into our society where it could start kind of like doing this uh, Zertzestrung style of societal humiliation that like you're kind of like talking about, right? Like, do you think it? The, the, World okay. War yeah. So like the After MIC World stuff, II, right? Yeah. With the founding of the Central Intelligence Agency, which was founded by British intelligence and, and the Nazi German scientists that were brought over here in Operation Paperclip. We picked up their best scientists and the British intelligence guys who were really good. Some of them were really good friends with the Nazis. Yeah. They came over here and they transformed OSS, which was basically a bunch of, you know, cow herders and, you know, former farmers, American farmers, very unsophisticated intelligence agency. And literally transformed it into the Fourth Reich or MI6 on drugs. I mean, this is when it happened. What do you think the biggest hurdles were before, like like for the state to kind of like measure these? I'm, I'm going to use the word alleged just in this case, just for our like uh, viewers. You don't have to say alleged. This is all true. Well, sorry. Like uh, I guess like the, the natural conclusions of all of this, right, uh, is a little bit earth shattering to some of our viewers. You think uh, so? I mean, well, like sufficiently what you're talking about here, uh, Mr. Machada is you like read uh, my books, Deep State Defector uh, co- One through yeah. Six. Well, all, book. all I'm saying is that uh, the the conclusions of it are uh, quite literally that the uh, the nation is uh, so absolutely fucked by uh, a private public relationship that goes on till this day. And that the government pursues policies of Zertzestrung on its citizens. Uh, I think that that would make a lot of Americans who are listening, of course, uh, if they like, you know, fully uh, believe it, probably do things as uh, radicals, like maybe commit acts of terror or something like that. Or no, that's no, what no, it'd no. be defined as. No, no, no. We we need to we need to put a a very bright line. What you just said. Uh, sure. Wait, wait, but no. you don't think it can lead people to do that? Well, no, I'm saying that you should never even encourage that or even talk about that. That's terrible. Well, but but like that's what I'm saying though. Like, don't you see how like this? Like, I, I, uh, I'm saying that it's a possibility, but you know, look, yeah. that's, that's mental illness anyway. Okay. We, well, I don't know. I mean, like, if you are like hurting someone's confidence in their own state apparatus so much, right? Sometimes they might feel as if the only way to reach out is to quite literally reach out and touch the government in a violent way. Like that's like the thing that kind of happens with this stuff, right? Well, look, I mean, I think that, look, 
I mean, information and knowledge, you know, what is it? The Bible, Adam and Eve, right? The tree of good and evil. Once you take a bite of the apple, you see things. I mean, you can't unsee it, right? Sure. I mean, but, you know, look, I mean, there's a fine, you know, actually there's a very thick line between doing something criminal and just being aware. Uh, you know, the, the reality is violence is never a good option for anything. We should always use dialogue and the courts at worst, at best. The courts are really a good option. Um, suing and, and, you know, protecting your own civil liberties is a very American thing to do. Getting, going down to the courthouse, filling out a complaint form and being a pain in the ass. Well, yeah, but like media, the writing the, about the, writing the, books. The, the the problem though is that like everything that you've talked about thus far, right, yep. can make a layman kind of come to the conclusion that this to say even like being that pain in the ass is uh, almost unobtainable now, right? Well, because look, of this robust are, yeah, cooperation, we, we, this country has gone very very far too far, and and I would even I would even wager that the war that is going on right now in Ukraine. I would I would wager that that is actually ground zero of human values being fought over on one plot of earth for the new world order. Um, you know, you've got everybody's there. You've got like, you know, hardcore Russian Orthodox Christians. You've got Jewish extremists. You've got Arab uh, extremists. You've got pan uh, Islamists. You've got homosexuals transgender rights you've got uh, uh you know uh, uh roman catholics real extreme uh, you know christians yeah 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 all you've got even white supremacists like the nazis over there yeah, as of right sector yeah, yeah yeah i mean it's crazy i mean literally like it's the church it's like and, and, and everyone's fighting over there because you know what they know that whoever takes ukraine will eventually you know look it's either going to be a blunting of nato in the west Okay, or a destruction of the East, um, and so this is this is kind of like why it's a very important thing over there. Um, but you know, the bottom line is is that look, it we have gone very far uh, in the American in the American experiment. But I think that if people are aware of it, and they talk about it. I think that our leaders, our politicians, our judges. Um, our executive branch will have to pay attention to the people and slowly turn the ship around. So you still have an element of faith in the system insofar as like civic engagement that can happen yes. just through knowledge. Yes, right, so here, yes, here's, yes. My, here's my question to you do. though, right? Yeah. Well, really quick That's though. Here's I wrote my, my books. But, but here's my question then, right? That's Don't you think like I'm just, I'm just going to try to like, um, like ping pong off you here, right? Don't you think that uh, with some of, for example, the uh, things that you've stated about these like federal security branches, right? Don't you think that they could just like openly assassinate uh, people that try to like, you know, step up and do these things? Like, uh, like, don't you think that that could scare a layman who's already heard this stuff into once again, like pursuing these acts? That's like what I'm getting at, right? Like, don't you think that the well, rhetoric like, like no, has you, this conclusion? You, That's you it. Said, I'm not trying to say it's irresponsible, by the way. I'm just saying said, that. Don't no, you, you made a very good point just yeah. you said You said to me that, you know, you know, you so you still believe you were talking to me. You said so you must still believe and have faith that the current yeah. infrastructure in the government could change things if people become aware. And I, I was actually very touched by that yeah. because it's true. That's why I wrote these books. There's six books I've written. 
I mean, oh, since 2014 or 15, and there's six of them. Um, and, you know, I've poured my blood, sweat, and tears into these books and my observations uh, over my entire life uh, as a lawyer and things I did beforehand, over the sea, overseas, whatever, um, and things that I've seen that are actually very true and all backed up. But the only reason I wrote these books is because I do believe. Like you talked to me earlier about what could be some of the solutions. I said to you, yeah, the Federal Trade Commission and the Department of Justice, antitrust, maybe with national security should go after some of these big ass organizations and really figure out who are bad, who are good, break them down a little bit, you know, take away some of their power. There are national security threats, right? To the American way of life. Yeah. I mean, that's, these are concrete methods. Are, is that going to happen? Probably not because we're far gone. We're too far gone, but maybe somebody with a little bit of power will listen to this podcast you know, or read some of our books. Maybe, maybe somebody will think about it. And that's called the butterfly effect, right? The butterfly yeah. effect is a butterfly blows its wings or waves its wings somewhere in Asia. It becomes a typhoon in Kansas. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I, I think this conversation is very interesting um, overall. Um, and I, I want to point out that I don't necessarily like agree or believe in a lot of the conclusions that you're saying of course i have my own beliefs and i'm gonna go based on what i learned but i believe having this perspective is important which is like the benchmark of this podcast is a perspective nuance and experience having all this type of uh information will help people be create better conclusions for whatever solution that needs to be emitted based on whatever we're talking about and you provide yes, a lot of very excellent information and very great uh things to uh hear of course um some things that i believe that people should research themselves to come through their own conclusions some things i would research myself that come to my own conclusions and i that's how i go through every episode with a guest to and all these conversations now i will say i do appreciate Appreciate you indicating that you know I'm not really advocating for people to do some horrible acts of call to action of terrible things that to do. We just want you to be informed about potential things that could have or might have or maybe did happen throughout America's history. Because overall, I agree that America, the government in general, probably more most definitely did very horrible things throughout human history. I think humans have with power do horrible things based off um agendas whether it's good or bad they happen i'm not ignorant to think that we're we have done great things throughout history um but i don't necessarily believe that the entire government is corrupt and that there is a a whole like connection between the big tech companies and government but i do think they overlap and i think the overlap is too much and I do think there is ways that we should figure out how to make sure that the richer that are getting richer have less influence on the people. And we should figure out ways to make sure that the people that the majority of our population in America should um, live better lives. We should. There's a lot of things that we can do, of course, of that. But with that said, this information is interesting. I mean, it's possible that rule is completely correct and I'm completely wrong. So people need to hear this perspective at the end of the day, which I completely co-sign at the very least. But again, just to kind of reiterate something Paul was talking about earlier, we don't co-sign going out there. Well, I don't. Yeah, no, yeah, we, 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 we want to make it clear. Do not commit acts of terror in light of information, please. Yeah, exactly. You know, people can be very blackpilled, especially if you're living 
in some of the more poor communities, you can be blackpilled, you can be very depressed about society, you could think the entire society is out to get me, the entire society is always going to be unfair, let's tear it down. I mean, that's completely why January 6th happened. People were feeling very, uh, had a lot of distrust, whether warranted or not. Regardless, they committed an act of violence on government officials and at the White House. And we have people currently that are at going to politicians' home and attacking them. Um, I'm yeah, so those, I'm those not. Are those are losers, and exactly, you know, it's, it's the ultimate trap. I mean, look, the bottom line is, you know, it's the ultimate trap. If if you commit acts of violence or even think of acts of violence or terrorism, then you're just a loser, uh, and you, you don't you're not worth anything. Okay, the bottom line is we're we're not at that point, you know, in the world, and um, you know the only one who would suffer in anything would be that person, exactly, um, and rightfully yes. so. So you know the brain is a very good thing, free speech now as long as we have it is a very good thing. The world is not over yet. I mean, it's not completely. This country is not totally like you said before fucked. It's not fucked yet. I don't yeah. think so. I think it can be saved. I think things. But I think you're right. Like Thomas Jefferson said, you know, a well-educated people are the safeguards of their freedom. Okay, it's a well-educated populace are the ultimate safeguards of their own freedom. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Let me wait. Let me ask you something. Yes, sir. This is like a, a kind of like a deeper question. What a, do you ever like? Does it ever come into your mind like what you think would break the camel's back for you with this country in terms of? like your belief in its democracy and it's uh, me personally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, like, like, is that something that ever crosses your mind? I was curious. Cause like, well, what you, about you? <laughs> uh, for me. So like the biggest thing for me, I guess, um, is, uh, it probably have to go down to the abolition of, um, the fourth amendment would be, uh, the, the biggest one, I think. Uh, which I, you know, you could say in some ways the surveillance uh, state in the United States kind of already I mean, we're does already that. There. Right? I personally, I, yeah. I think that I don't think anything would really, I mean, I think that I, I, I would just try to rise to the occasion. I mean, th these books were written uh, when in 2014 when I was pretty much just disgusted with the way the country had gone. Um, for me, it was a catharsis to write these books. And every time I write a chapter, I'm inspired by something that I see or read about that just that there's nobody out there. Yeah. You know, I used to like, you know, I used to love the, I was like, oh, the police department, the, 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 firemen, <laughs> the FBI, you know, we're yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. cowboys and Indians, you know, all that shit. And I was like, oh, yeah, Superman, you know, Batman, all that stuff. Yeah. You know, when you're kids, you know, you believe in that stuff, right? Yeah. And, and then you wake up one day and like 50 cent, you know, I don't look to the sky no more, you know? Well, what was the biggest like defining moment in your life? I you guess I basically have to just realize that you are the ultimate safeguarder of your own civil rights. Well, what and caused that realization to you? Like, I guess like that's like. Uh, uh, that's a topic I, for another another podcast. Yeah, for sure. For <laughs> sure. Yeah. But th so can you at least, though, answer the question about what do you think it would take? Uh, to I don't make think you I would ever give up on this country. Nice. I don't think I would ever give up. Hey. I think it's the greatest country and the greatest experiment and the greatest system of government that the world has ever seen. L listen I think that the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and the Declaration of Independence and what it stands for and what it strives to be 
is the most one of the is the most heroic uh you know uh country and and journey that could ever exist it's got a lot of pimples and zits and a lot of boils and a lot of problems and a lot of bad history but i think it's it's an organically common law based country i think it changes i think it metastasizes and, mo and morphs based on its people and their value systems i think it allows for that but i think that with the advent of these super super powerful entities which are predetermining uh, and shutting down freedom of speech and freedom of expression and freedom of growth that is a threat to that organic sort of metamorphosis and change which is you know this that that has resulted in women's right to vote the emancipation proclamation it's it's resulted in brown immigrants being able to come to the usa in the 60s and 70s you understand i mean it's just you know it's change it's progress and that's what the united states has always given us i mean it started out as hell on earth i mean for some people right yeah. plymouth rock we didn't land on plymouth rock plymouth rock landed on us i mean think about that 1492 how many people were murdered you know when columbus came over here and killed the brown people and blood was flowing in the streets that's hell okay but here we are you know so it's it's based on the form of government if you ever go to europe you want to get you want to come back to america is what i'm saying because they have ways of doing things that are just so like not changing the justinian code their legal system is justinian law it's very right and wrong black and white no gray no growth you know, it is what it is, right? Right and wrong. Here, we can we can argue in a court of law, common law system. We can make new rules. We can make new changes. We can use equity, and we you can we can use the law. Like you know, some of these people say, "Oh, we're a nation of laws," and I say, "No, no, no. We're also a nation of equity." And I wrote an article called, "You know, we're not only a nation of law, but also of equity." And it was actually written way before the Democrats started using that in their speeches. So I, you know, somebody read it. I don't know who did, but somebody read it. And there's a lot of good articles like that. But the point is, is that equity is the ability to change things to make them equitable and fair. Okay? Because sometimes a nation of laws isn't the right way to be either. Nazi Germany was a nation of laws. Right? Yep. So, I mean, nation of equity and a nation of laws, we got to balance it. Balance it out. On one hand, we've got the law, and on one hand, we got equity. And when we see something unfair, the people have to jointly work together and melt into one to come up with an answer. There's no right and no wrong. It's just at the end of the day, there's a product. And that's democracy. That's the end result. And it may go left, it may go right, it may go up, it may go down. But the people have spoken. We merge, we melt into one. We're one people. Just like Rome, Rome, ancient Rome was one people, you know, and the, all the way they had up, they had the um, Hibernians, the Irish, all the way to Africa, all the way to India, Rome, and they mixed and they intermarried and they, you know, it was a, it was a melting pot. You follow? Yeah. Hopefully the, US, the USA will do the same thing culturally, spiritually, eth ethically, everything. So it's a great experiment, but in order to keep it alive, we can't let it get choked off. 
by these greedy, plutocratic, overfed, overrich bastard oligarchs, plutocrats, who are literally choking off the government and stealing it and, and, and using it for their benefit and not, not the people. And they need to be, they need to be um, investigated and uh, broken down by the U.S. government, the Federal Trade Commission, antitrust, Department of Justice, maybe even national security. That's what needs to happen because they're too big. They're too big. Too big. They're bigger than the government. And that mm. means they're bigger than the people. Paul, did you have uh, something else? Uh, that's all. I know we're wrapping up on time right now, so I don't want to stretch it out. No worries. No worries. Um, overall, I mean, this was a very interesting conversation, excellent discussion um, back and forth, which is what this podcast is about, to really get in the nitty-gritty of these things. And um, at the end of the day, I mean, I agree that this is the greatest country in the world. Um and it really allows us this country, especially when you look out through even back in history, that people who were like struggling throughout to live, struggling to eat, struggling to kind of be human at the end of the day. Nowadays, based off what we have in America, especially compared to other countries and back in the past, we can put a telescope on these things. We can talk about these things. We can see the problems we have in society and continue to fix it at the end of the day, which is something that I'm also always an advocate for. Um, I say that, sure, I ride in the middle, but I'm always going to be an advocate for constant progression of society to make sure it's better. Because at the end of the day, even though you think a utopia is bad, we should always progress towards that because you always want to make your society better at the end of the day. And this is why also solutions are important. Um, finding solutions, figuring out solutions. You could talk about all these things all you want. You could talk about how bad the country is all you want. But in order for something to get done, one, you have to discuss it. You have to be willing to engage with the conversation like we did here. But two, you have to be an advocate. You have to be a part of your local elections. You have to be part of your um, federal elections, state elections. You have to be a part of your community. You have to be part of the solution at the end of the day in order to make change happen. You can't hope that someone else will do it. Even if you're not the one, the person, the big wig that rule was talking about that's going to make the the most uh the final push there's always there's steps to this like you said a butterfly effect there's stuff we can all do to kind of make sure that we're putting things in place to ensure that we are proceeding appropriately in the right direction so always keep that in mind greatest country in the world push for a solution and do your own research. You know, a lot of things you can research from rules books. Of course, you can check them out. Um, his information will be on my website, www.purplepoliticalbreakdown.com. And I uh, do hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Any final words before we wrap it up? Uh, none for me. No. Just want to say thank you, gentlemen. Uh, it was an honor and a pleasure to speak with you. And, uh, I feel like I learned a lot myself and, and thank you both for this opportunity. It was wonderful. No problem. Uh, a great conversation. We're going to have more great conversations in the future, of course, and hope you guys enjoy rated five stars. If you did make sure you guys follow us on all these streaming services, of course, and you can follow us on so our social media platforms. All that stuff is on my website. So do that. Have a good one. And by the time this episode comes out, it will be September 11th. So, 
think about how bad that day was. All right. That was a bad way to say that. But you have a good one. Take care and peace. We'll check it out, y'all. We got what you need. We're all living in apartments, condos, vans. Well, dude, even you can have a studio. A studio in a box. Yes, we can help you with that right here at Blind Knowledge. We work on your budget and we figure out your measurements. We'll get you the best sound for the best price. Let me know. 877-237-1143 or at blindknowledge.com. Yep.